Welcome to Subtext and Discourse, a podcast which takes you behind the scenes of the art world with the unique individuals involved in the field. My name is Michael Dooney, director of Jarvis Dooney Gallery and host of the show. In today's episode, I'm speaking with Anna Schwanz, co-founder of Office Impart, the multidimensional space and platform for contemporary art. Our interview continues on from our podcast recorded at the end of 2020, talking about the impact of crypto and NFTs on digital art and how things look in the aftermath of the hype. And it tells me about ways in which Office Impart are bridging the gap between the traditional art world and the digital art world, as well as advice for those of us who are digital curious and want to learn more about the space. Since recording this episode, Office Impart were awarded the 2023 VBKI Berlin Gallery Prize for their group exhibition Sandbox Mode. There is a link in the show notes to the award and details of the exhibition if you'd like to learn more. Please be sure to follow Subtext and Discourse Artwood Podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you find your podcasts. Leave a review and share the podcast with your friends. Now, without further ado, I hope you enjoy my interview with Anna Schwanz. First of all, thank you for meeting again. This is really yes. nice. Pleasure for us as well. When was the last time? It was end of 2020, I think we first spoke. End of 2020, yes. Was it already Corona time? Yes, it was yes. first Corona year was over nearly. And now a lot of other, a lot of things happened. <laughs> yeah, well, the gallery, I think, was two and a half years old. Now you're five and you're still sticking to the very non-conventional, collaborative, thinking outside the box model, yes. which is really great. I thought I'd start with kind of a, a big-ish question and then we can hone in from there. So when we first spoke, it wasn't the height of corona, but we were still very much in it. And with things happening digitally, there was lots of things happening online. And I think this year has been reported as the first kind of proper art Basel post-COVID. And it's, there's still kind of things hanging on from before. As someone that has quite a focus on like digital art, the digital space and kind of new ways of operating – what have you observed you since? You mean since then, over the last three years? Yeah, now? over the last of two, three years. Actually, I think it was wild <laughs> <laughs> to summarize it very quick. Because I think a lot of things happened and a lot of changes happen and have to happen, I think. When we spoke last time, of course, the focus was already on digitalization, like in the way we are working and the, like we are thinking, like how we also change our mindset. But since then, actually, and I think end of 2020, we not had this in mind so clearly, but of course, with the hype in 2020 with the blockchain developments and the whole NFT hype, I think this was wild for, for a certain time. Yeah, because I didn't really kick off, had it properly. Like NFTs were sort of a thing, but then they kind of exploded, didn't they? Yes, it was really in the beginning then of the 2021. But for us, it was, of course, we followed everything, but we also took a step back to, to really to see what happens and what, what does it mean for us? What does that mean for the artists we are working with, the artists we are interested in, and also what is our role as a gallery? Because I think a lot of things are different in this kind of crypto world, but what we also observe now after two and a half years, like a lot of things goes the same. So for us, it's still interesting to see want to find our way through it. And um, for us, I think I have to say it's getting more and more clear that it's about digital art and it's not about the medium itself. Or in the end, to make a step back, it's really about good artists and good art and the medium doesn't make any difference. So, and of course, we are still working with uh, really, how to say, just painting artists, like they are just working physical and just have no 
clue about the online things what's going on but of course we also have a focus on just pure digital artists and yeah because i think for a while a lot of the digital art was about the digital space and maybe now there's more artists that are kind of moving into that world that maybe the focus was on this because i think yeah. the, the artists were still the same <laughs> yeah well that's what i was like thinking about our conversation and then even just over the last couple of months getting more exposure to it Digital art, internet art, it existed before. Exactly, exactly. That's what I mean. So it was nothing what was totally new for us. It was just the pace of the space and, of course, the technology and what does that mean. And, of course, it was it's a totally different crowd, I have to say. That's yeah. what we also have to learn and we have to go into it. It's uh, totally different from the collectors and from the art enthusiasts we are working on the other side in a way. But for us, as of in part, we really like to build these bridges between these two worlds because we have a, a lot of collectors who are interested in but not have like, how to say, like the ability to really to enter. Like it's really, still really hard to enter. Yeah, and I think this is what I'm struggling with as well because when I talk to people from, let's say, the traditional world in inverted quotes, they're like, I have no interest in it. I don't want to know about it. I think it's all just, it's just about money and speculation. And then people in the digital art space say, no, it's not about that. It's about the art. And there is a real kind of breakdown in communication maybe between exactly. the two. Yes, I'm totally with you because I think this is um, the first thing from the traditional art world that's not about art and it's about speculation and so on. These are really prejudiced, I have to say, it, mm. totally. Of course, you have these kind of things going on there, but you have the same in the traditional art world. You know, yeah. it's, you also have these speculators and you also have these kind of auctions where it's just only about money, of course, you know, and that's what I mean. This comes from the traditional art world as well. And in the crypto space, of course, there was this hype and it was just about this. And But what is always good after a hype that you really see what will stay, what is good, what is bad, what you want to do in, mm -hmm. with it. It was beginning of twenty. Two then we did the second art and tech report, which was about this kind of how to collect digital art and how to collect NFTs, art NFTs. And um, one of our main key findings was really it's about art and it's not about speculation. Mm -hmm. And this was for us, of course, very, very nice to see that yeah. the collectors see it the same. Yeah, because I listened to our first podcast like in preparation for this one. And at the end, you'd said that the report was a new thing that you were working on. So since we spoke, there was the first art and tech report, which was just about collecting online or purchasing online. The second one was about NFTs. You have a third one coming up about digital art. Were there any surprises when you did the survey? When you're doing these kind of reports, of course, you always think in advance what you want to find out or what in which direction you want to search for the answers. And so the surprises are always when it really comes to this, you know, like when you really see that is how to say like that your thoughts becoming true. But yes, I think it was for us, it was surprising that these kind of I don't have the numbers now in mind, but I, I think everybody can Google it, that it's really about art and about the artist. This was like the percentage was so high that we are, was really, wow, surprised. Like this was really cool. And that's really not about speculation. Like we really have these opposite questions. So like we really can see how many people really believe in it. And this was really, was really nice. Yeah. And for the, for the next one, we are, yeah, we are looking forward. Like it's, uh, I think that's, it's a huge change in the society. What's going on with uh, the web uh, web three developments and blockchain technologies. And my feeling is a little bit that in the art world, they took a step back. Oh, okay. You mentioned Art Basel before. Last year, there was really a 
part or like it was they they had a collaboration with Tezos with one of these blockchains about digital art and so and this year actually nothing happened in this direction yeah and so my my feeling is a little bit everybody is happy that they could take a step back from these huge changes but i think that's wrong in all sectors in society these kind of technologies has such a huge impact at the moment and it will have the same in the art world sure but it's again it's a little slow and uh, there's a lot of in my opinion, not so positive press about the changes and about uh, these digital things. And What, for example? Yeah, that when you read about the digital art and the developments, everybody is just writing that the number's going down mm -hmm. and that the sales going down and that the, you know, that the hype is over and it's maybe not that important anymore. And I say, why? You know, and I think the space is so active when you are on Twitter and see what's happening, you know, and the artists are so present and there and they're doing so much things and really good things. But nobody from the traditional press writes about it. You will never read an article about the new Mitchell F. Chan game, what's coming up in summer. And I'm pretty sure that the FAZ or whatever, like mm -hmm. the Monopole will not write about it. You know, like yeah. this is still, it's a different world and it's interesting to see and to observe and yeah, As I said, like, we really try to bring this together, like, because this is a good thing, what happens with the hype, that a lot more people really see digital art as on the same level, like, like painting and like uh, sculptures. And so th this is, has really raised this, um, how to say, like, it's an equal medium in a way. And I think this is important. Yeah. It's interesting you said Twitter, because I think as well, I've noticed, I'm not as active on Instagram as I know I should be, but... Most institutes and other artists working in, let's say, the traditional spaces are on Instagram and on Twitter. That seems to be where a lot of the digital artists and the NFT space and everything are hanging out. Absolutely. This is what we also had to learn. This was really, um, we are on Twitter now maybe for one and a half year or two years, or I can't remember when we really, really started, because it is a different crowd as well. Yeah. Totally. Why do you think that is? Why? I don't know, actually. Because maybe it's really, it's about comments and it's a, it's not just about likes on Twitter and it's more about exchanging ideas and yeah, I think it's faster and the people actually like what I felt as well when we were working with artists, uh, digital artists, of course, they are more or less the whole time on the computer the, yeah. the whole day. And it's really about this exchange between the artists and it's really about artists supporting artists and this feels more visible on Twitter, I don't know. Like, I can't. It's, it's just a feeling. I can't really. I never I've thought noticed about it, it as well, and that's why I was curious. To yeah, ask. I never really thought about it. Why Twitter? But it's, um, yeah, you exchange information, and it's. I think it's a little bit more about reading as well. And, and on Instagram, it's just about images in the end, and yeah. nobody really reads the comments or the texts. And and on Twitter, it's really you have both. It's not about so much about the visuals. It's really more more about the content and of course short and fast and quick and the whole day yeah do you think as well the background of people that are interested and involved in digital art is also different to people that are interested involved in let's say the classical traditional art world yes for sure i think so. i think the communities are really different and um i think the community in the crypto world is huge and because they most of the artists come or have a, a different background. Mm 
Most of them are not studied in an art school. So they just come from coding or they come from, from visual, like graphic design or whatever. And so this kind of community is huge. And I think it's, it's what every, every like the traditional art world underestimated a little bit. Mm-hmm. Because for me, sometimes also when this NFT hype really started for me, it, I felt it is a little bit like when you had this pop art developments in the 60s, 70s, there was like a new style and a very popular, aesthetic comes into the art and most of these new artists come of course from this crypto world come from the gaming come from digital aesthetic and this clashes now with this traditional art world but of course it will have a huge impact and the number of people that are behind it there like it's enormous and i think it's most of society who are really in gaming and who are really in digital aesthetics and it's what i also liked a lot about this space it's it's really about inclusivity more and, and community more than in the traditional art world. Yeah. Of course, you have also these kind of exclusive thing. It's also about allow lists. It's also about these kind of events where you just allow to enter when you got this token and blah, blah, blah. Sure. But still, the most artworks you can buy, or there's a lot of artworks you can buy for really, how to say, like a really small amount of money. Yeah. You know, like they, it's, it's really more about huge editions, but for a small amount of money. You can start with this, I don't know, two, four, five teasers till 20, 50 teasers, which is more or less one euro is one teasers or less. Yeah. So it's really affordable also for people who are really not have so much money. And of course, this idea also that you see this in the traditional art world when you have these Kunstverein things and the Jahresgaben where you can buy editions for not so much money, but still there the, the price are 300 euros or four, 500. And this is of course, this is a difference. A 500 euro for an art piece, of course, it's affordable. But in relation, I think there are much more people who can buy or who are willing to buy something for 50 euros. Like, yeah, I mean, I often make the comparison to photographers and say, if you make a book, more people in your audience can buy your book. Because, yeah. you know, 50 euros, as you say, is a lot different than paying 500 Yeah. And so the community is growing much faster. And what I like as well a little bit is this gaming background, because this kind of like, how do you get a token? It's very playful in a way. When you are in, we talked about it, you have to go in. This is not easy. (laughs) But when you are in these kind of gaming situations, what you feel there and what you have there, these auction things, and it's really mm, triggering me, I have to say, but really in a positive way. And I really like to watch and to see and to, um, yeah, also to collect and uh, actually we really start to collect a lot of things Uh, yeah yeah so do you think the barrier for entry is also a lot lower than getting into the traditional established physical art world because if i feel like my 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 experience with tech although limited i found that with that space if you're good at something or you know how to do something people like yes we want to share we want to be a part of it whereas in a lot of other industries it's about whatever your pedigree is have you studied here do you know this person is that also the same for the digital yeah, art Yeah, it's space? really about passion in the space, I feel, because in the end, you don't know the people who are chatting with, you know, it doesn't matter. The age doesn't matter. The background doesn't matter because you don't know. You're just chatting about something what both of you like in the end, you know, so it, it's really open, my feeling. And um, the technical barrier is huge, really to open a wallet and to put money on it. Of course, it sounds easy and it is easy in the end, but... A lot of times, you know, the system doesn't work how you want to do it. And then you forgot really how, like, it's, you really have to, you really have to want it. Like, is it, is it right in, in English? Is it right? You really, you really have to feel the need to do it because, um, 
when you're in your in and when you believe in digital ownership and if, when you feel this kind of digital ownership, then you are hooked. Mm -hmm. But to getting there, I think it's as hard as to enter a gallery. Oh, really? Yeah. Yeah, in a way it is. Because we, we did these kind of workshops where we really like talking the people and say, okay, we'll open a wallet and uh, buy a first NFT together because it's, we know the barrier is huge and you, you really have to take time to do it. And I think it's always the same when you, when you enter something, a new space and we have no clue before. It really took you time to understand. Mm -hmm. And a lot of people are always afraid to enter something new. And actually, I felt the same when we, we did in 2021. We did after this hype, no, 2022 it was. Then we did together with the Punk Gallery a show uh, really about net art and uh, generative art called From Net Art to Art NFT. And during the process of preparation, it uh, really sometimes have the feeling my brain exploded because everything what you did, you did it for the first time. And yeah. every conversation with the artist yeah. was new because you met on a different level. I'm not coming from the coding side, so I didn't really understand the processes behind the pieces. So it, I had to learn a lot. What does it mean really to sell an art piece? And every artwork was an NFT or was NFTs, but still every, every artist uses a different chain or uses a different platform, uses a has a, another contract and so it was so much like and it sometimes I had the feeling yeah my head uh, explodes but when you are into it then you know like i'm hooked <laughs> yeah because <laughs> how is it i guess a lot of a lot of us in the space are hearing about it and if you're an artist you think okay i don't want to miss out on this so this is something that i feel like i'm be a part of and particularly for i guess photographers you're already working on the computer and if you're a digital artist doing illustrations and digital painting the only thing you're doing differently, or it's not the only thing you're doing differently, but normally the last step for you would be to make it into a physical object so that you can hang it, take it to a gallery, you can distribute it. What do you need to do then if you're an artist getting into the space and then you're like, I want to participate? It's not just giving somebody a file, is it? Like, There's obviously a lot more to it than that. Yeah, I think it's a little bit the same. You also, as an artist, you also have to believe in digital ownership. The the works, what are you doing? You also see them really as a digital art piece if you want to you know like it's really a decision and this is the first thing i think which is very important are the works that you are doing if it, even if it's photo or whatever you want to do is it really mean to stay digital is it made for the digital space and if yes and if, then of course you have to check out which community which platform which is a space where you want to release your work and then of course, you need a community. I think the, the whole space, it's really about community. Yeah. And it's not that you can just put it somewhere and then it is. And some maybe in the beginning, it was like this. <laughs> Nobody will work for you there. You have to do it. Maybe we talked also in the podcast, what, what we did two and a half years ago, already about it. The role of the artist changed a lot. It's, yeah, it's we did changed. talk about it. It changed a lot. And we do not just speak about it with a theoretical view and it like, you feel it in every corner, like you feel it everywhere. You know, it's it's really there. And the artist has a different role in the crypto space, but also in the physical. And everybody has to work with it. Yeah. Because do you think, and this is a bit of a sidestep, because I suppose I'm coming from photography, I understand photography. Do we need to look at the digital space the same way we look at photography? Because even when I was mentioning the traditional art space before, you said painting and sculpture. And a lot of people see... No, I think photography, for me, it's the same. Like, I think in the end, it's about a good art piece and the medium doesn't matter. And photography, I would see it the same like sculpture and painting and whatever. Yeah. But like, for example, I'm going to Arles next week and that's a photographic festival and people that are interested in photography are going to that. And I missed the NFT art days in Zurich, unfortunately. 
And at the start of this week, I think Talking Galleries in Barcelona, they had a digital art symposia, but all the speakers, the specialists, and I assume the audience are all not the usual people that are going to go into Talking Galleries and see the people that are talking about the field. Do you think it's really that divide? Well, it is that divided, but will it remain like that? Because photography is still quite separate. If you look at, like, we have separate fairs, we have separate audiences. And I know from my own experience of showing photography, even within the photographic community, if I'm showing work that's too conceptual or too abstract, people that come in wanting to see reportage or street photography, like, "Ah, this was made with a camera, like, what's going on? Yeah, yeah. I see some similarities, I have to say, because I also, it was, it's really interesting. I talked to um, a gallerist colleague and she was really working for a longer time than us. And she, she was really there also when photography was uh, growing and entered the art market. And she said it was the same discussions, the same prejudice, the same everything. And it's interesting that you said it's still divided or it's still a little bit separated. I don't feel that it's separated, but of course you have these kind of, as you said, different art fairs or specialized art fairs, specialized. And I think this will stay the same also with technology or art that is really dedicated to the developments of technology because it's so fast. The yeah. developments are so fast and it's really hard to follow also from my side just because I can't, like my day also have only 24 hours and I have to run a company. But still, I think there's a huge impact also to the traditional art world. And my hope is that, that we can build bridges there and that you, you find the connections. And I don't know, like, it's just, we can just try and like, can just follow our, our ideas. Yeah. <laughs> One thing that had come up a few times, I guess, with me trying to understand everyone's point of view is that. A lot of people in the, the digital art space aren't using the term NFT as much and they're saying let's not call them NFTs because that's just one part of it. Do you think a lot of the language around how we talk about digital art is also not helping our cause? I think it helped in the way to, again, about this hype, I think it helped that people are getting aware that something happened and that it's there. And then, of course, you always need these kind of keywords. But of course, then you really, when you really go into it, it's not a good term because it's just the medium and it's just a technology and has nothing to do with the art itself. And it's also no category, like mm-hmm. <laughs> for something because it's, yeah, it's just a technology and what happens there is so different. You also would not say or classify the painting between acrylic and oil painting so specific to say, okay, yeah, we have, I'm a gallery for just acrylic painting. You know, <laughs> you, you would never do this, you know, and yeah. I think this is a little bit the same. It's really medium and this is good. And yet, yeah, as I said, I think for us, we also try not to work with the term NFT anymore because we really want to focus on a good digital art and, and good art in the end and it doesn't matter. But of course, we see that is still a lot of teaching or knowledge is needed to understand it. And um, that's why we also found this year our new platform we call it platform it's uh, actually it, it started really with a physical element here in the gallery because we for us it's, it's really important to have a space in the gallery where we can always show digital art mm. when somebody enter that we not have the regular shows what we are having here but beside this we have a huge screen now here in the back where we have the space and can show different artists and this is for us really important and we want to now to grow around this uh, we will change the artists every six to eight weeks and so on we will we will reconnected um, the physical and the digital world so we will do online events we will talk about the content we will contextualize the works online and offline because this is what we also felt a lot during the hype and during the last years it's 
you have this platform and you have the drops and you have the selling. And of course, there's a lot, a huge focus on this. But in the end, nobody really talks about the art. Or yeah. they say, it's yeah, a huge gap. And so this kind of the idea of contextualizing and talking about and mediating the, the art itself, I think this is really needed. Yeah. And this is what it's, I think we really like to do and a lot of levels. And this is why we also found this Node thing, the Node platform. Yeah. Is that an evolution of the Come Closer or is it a separate thing? Mm, come Closer, this show, yeah, this was, was made on the same platform. This is Common Garden Cut from, from Constant Dullard. And we worked a lot to, during the last years with it. We did a lot of online events there just to meet people and to have an online equivalent to the shows what we are doing here we're doing these just online shows like come closer and we also did our masterclass on it we have a masterclass how to live with art where we use this interactive platform again and now with note we use it because uh, yeah it's it's cool to meet people there to show art to talk about art because you it's a meeting platform or an event platform and an exhibition platform on the same time and so that, that's cool and i think this is the only one i know so far where you can do it on a such high quality level yeah. I was going to ask you about the course, actually. So you ran a masterclass. Is it still possible to take part or what is the what was the program? It was one masterclass, what we did in total. And then we had some single courses in between. And now we are working that you can download the video courses. But it's about how to live with that. And it's not about collecting art or something. It's We really want to teach the people that Art is something what is affordable, which is, that is really something what enriching your life and it's there for everybody. And it's really nice to understand, of course, how the system function and that you, in German, we have this word Schwellenangst. I don't know if it's, there's an English expression. So yeah, that you sure. have, that you really try to lower the border to enter the, the yeah. art scene because it's made for everybody and this is cool. Yeah. And is it focused on anything specifically or is it like a, this is what the, the art it's, world market is, yes, this is how you yes. enter the, or how you approach a gallery, how you ask questions mm -hmm. or how exactly, not to be afraid exactly. to ask questions. Yeah, like what, what are you, when you want to buy an artist, what do you have to do? And when you bought it, how will you bring it home? What should I do? How can I bring it on the wall? What, what I, you know, do I have to uh, figure out insurance or whatever? Like all these questions, what you maybe not get answered so easily. Yeah. Because how is it with, if I'm buying a painting or if I'm buying a photo, I know that I go to the gallery, I see the delivered or you take it home yourself. With a digital piece, where do you put it? It depends, you know, like for me, it's totally clear that it's just stay digital, but I'm, oh, Johanna always tell me like, yeah, you are on a different level already. But for <laughs> me, it's made for the digital space and it stays in the digital, so I don't need it. But I have an app called Autonomy and this collects all the NFTs that you buy on different chains. And there I can see it. I can have a look and I can, of course, there will be, will be maybe some opportunities soon to exhibit it digital or whatever. But for me, it's totally clear. It's, I have it like. It's mine. And I, and that's what I mean. I think this is a really huge step to understand that digital ownership has the same value than physical ownership. Mm -hmm. And I don't need to see it on a wall, for example. Yeah. This is for me. Of course, we talked a lot to the collectors and they always ask us, okay, what kind of screen should I buy? And of course, I can recommend a screen. But I think in the end, it's really the decision of the artists how to present it. Because... You also don't ask a painter again or a photographer, like, how should I print it? And what is the size? I, you know, it's, it's your decision and it's yeah. not the decision of the collector. That's why I think this is also really needed to think about this. And we, we will have a show in September coming up where we exactly 
thinking about this, we will do this with two curators together, Maria Paula Fernandez from JPEG Space and Tina Gustafsson, also very long curator specialized on blockchain developments. And this is really about how the variety of digital art today and like how to present. And we really want to push the artists that they think about how they want to present the things. It will be a small group show of six artists. We are really looking forward because I will not say anything now, but it's it's really <laughs> cool. And we have really good artists, uh, very established and very young. And so it's really diverse already on this level. But because I really think it's needed to take this discussion, like how to present, what should I do with it? You know, I think so. Yeah. Especially for people that are that it's still really foreign to, like yeah. you're still really outside of yeah. it. But I think, you know, I think in the end, we think that the people are so far away from this. When you see Nike now, the first time they sell a, a shoe, like a, a sneaker online, much more than the physical one. What do you mean? Like they 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 sold um, a sneaker and you ha you can buy it like a physical sneaker or you can have just can just buy the online a digital shoe the digital shoe i don't know how how much more it was but it was really significant they sell it digital more than the physical one wow. the and you know you see that it's there it's there that the people really understand that or that they like to have just things online for whatever they want to collect or want to have yeah do you wonder as well and i'm just thinking this now Because I guess minimalism is a popular thing. People don't want to clutter their houses with stuff. And I can't remember what report I read the other day, but just that as boomers are getting older and they're not buying as much at auction and they're not buying as much from galleries, that a lot of sales are going down. And will, maybe with younger generations, will a lot of digital art replace that? Because, you know, our phones are our most important thing. And if I'm collecting and storing all my art on my phone, And I'm traveling and I'm doing other stuff. I've still got my art collection with me. I don't have to worry about anything being broken or lost or stolen. I don't have to worry about running out of wall space. Will we see, do you think, more and more digital art as it becomes more accepted and mainstream? Mm, I think it will be there. But as always, I don't think that the other traditional art world and physical objects will be gone. I know, honestly, but I don't think so. You still will live in a flat you will still have walls you will still want to have a nice home and you want to feel comfortable and you like the artist and if you're obsessed and if you're really a collector and if you really like the arts then of course you you really go with the content and you really go with the concept of the artist and then of course a lot of people buying things that they can't hang you know yeah. and i think it will be the same like in the digital you will collect a lot of digital because it will be easy to collect and if it will be you will have no how to say organi organizational stuff around it so i think this will grow for sure but But the, the rest will stay the yeah. same, I think. I'm, I'm pretty sure. And I think what is also really important for us and what we try really to work on this is like that it's not a question of either or anymore. Mm -hmm. yeah, and we don't want to separate it in a way. It's really, it's, it's both there. You have the digital and the online spaces. But in the end, it's the same. It's our life. It's our reality. And there's no two different realities. It's us. Everybody's so afraid about what's going on with AI and metaverse and whatever. But it's already there. You know, it's on all levels so much there. And maybe we don't see this, but we have a, we ha all have a digital personality or like uh, identity already. We are just communicating online. Everything like WhatsApp, whatever. Like we have a digital identity on Instagram. Maybe we don't see it the same, but everybody see us just there. So I think it's everything is there. It's just separated in different apps or in different tools or whatever. But in the end, everything, it's 
it's just the next step to bring this together and make it much visible and more clear for everybody, but, and maybe more playful. But in, and, uh, but in the end, I see this uh, for me, it's very, it's not a surprise what's happening. Yeah. Okay. And also with, it, with this artificial intelligence developments, I think I read a really interesting book um, about it. Like it's a very normal evolution what's happening. The, the whole world started with these kind of very small bacteria, amoeben, whatever, and then how the brain is developed, like how the intelligence is developed. And it's a totally na natural step that we have now this art artificial intelligence coming. It's all based on physical reactions. Of course, now we we should be so intelligent as humans to develop it for us in the right way. That's the whole thing. Yeah. A lot of the AI isn't new. It's just now it's popular and it's in your face and it's more, as I say, it's more accessible. I guess we're just seeing maybe a similar thing with the AI that we saw with digital art two years ago. And once the kind of hype dies down or once people are a bit less afraid of it, it will be exactly, exactly. more normalized. Yeah, we, we had the show with Jonas Lund beginning of the year. It was about AI and it was exactly about all these questions. It wasn't a show that he was working um Just to use the, uh, the, the chat GPT and stable diffusion and all these tools, what's coming up. But it was, he really developed it with the tools. So it was really like the first show where the whole concept was made with chat GPT and also the production of the pieces were made then with different AI tools. But it was not about the, of course, it was, it was a really nice show and there was a lot of physical objects then or films or like online pieces. But in the end, he really asked questions and that's, you enter, The show maybe with a lot of questions, but you also leave with a lot of questions. And this was really nice to see and uh, how the people react. And we had a lot of discussions. It was really good. Yeah. I mean, it's nice. That's the point of good art. Yes. That it, it asks more questions and it gives answers. Yeah, that's true. That's true. So maybe my closing question could be, if I'm, let's say I buy art, I collect art, I'm interested in the digital space. I'm hearing a lot about it. How do I start? Like, what do I do? First, you have to really open a wallet and I recommend really to have two first for Ethereum and the other one for Tezos. And then you have to enter the space through different platforms. And best is always looking for created platform where you really can see really good art. And there's a lot of platforms where you have a very wide range of things that happen, like all the uh, digital objects and art together and so i would always recommend to search for people you can follow and who really have a clue what is the good things today and again for me you are need if you really want to enter you need people you trust and you want to follow and it's, it could be like us from the in between side like we from both sides classical and crypto or they are just online created platforms you can follow and yeah. um, i think it's um, is there one that you have that you would recommend if i know so i'm aware of your gallery i know that you have a physical space There's some things that are familiar to me, so it's not too scary. I'm digital curious and I mm. want to know where to start. If I look for the different platforms, I just see pixel art or I see computer Feral games. File, I, I really like what the Feral file platform is doing. They are really curated. They're really doing online shows. JPEG space, I really mm. like a lot. There are also a lot of physical galleries, maybe not a lot, but some physical, like traditional galleries who are dedicated to or who have a focus on digital art. Mm. And uh, I think they are. When you are in and when you enter, then you, you find the people <laughs> quite soon. Yeah. Okay. There will be also like, um, that will be announced in September, but who's participating, but in Paris Photo, there will be a section just about digital art and spaces. Oh, really? Wow. Who are doing it, yeah. Oh, okay. I'm, I'm excited about that. We too. Yeah. <laughs> 
thanks for meeting again with me, Anna. It was really good to talk, thanks, as always. Yes. And yeah, <laughs> to hear what you've been doing and also to learn a bit more about digital art and the space. And yeah, maybe we can check in again in two years and see what's happening with AI. Let's, let's see what happens in the next two and a half years. Yeah, really curious. Yeah, well. Thank thanks. you very much. Thanks a lot. I hope you enjoyed my interview with Anna Schwanz. The digital art space is evolving fast and it was helpful speaking to Anna to better understand the developments of the past few years, particularly from the point of view of someone who was involved with digital art before the explosion of NFTs and the surrounding hype. I'm curious to see how things change in the next few years with the rapid pace that AI is moving. In the show notes, you can find links to Office in Part, the Art Plus Tech Report and various other topics we spoke about during the program. If you have any questions, comments or feedback to this or past episodes of the podcast, please don't hesitate to get in touch. In recent episodes, the subject of photography festivals and how beneficial they are has been spoken about. I've put together a list of international photo festivals, art fairs and book publishing events which you can access on my website www.michaeljuni.net and there is a link on the top right hand corner of the homepage where you can access the database. Subtext and Discourse Artworld Podcast is streaming on Apple Podcasts, Spotify and every major podcast platform. If you enjoyed this episode and know someone else who would appreciate it, why not send them a link to the show? That's all for now. Thanks again for tuning in. My name's Michael Dooney and you've been listening to Subtext and Discourse.